0: Visit livenation.com slash concertweek to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, some 41, 30 seconds from Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club.
1: Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. Head up, head up. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
2: Hey, it's Doug Gottlieb. You know, our trusted partner, Tyrex.com, for fast, free shipping, free roadhouse protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of the best tires. Like the highly consumer-rated Goodyear Assurance Weather Ready. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Everything you need to elevate your drive, simply go to TireRack.com sports. TireRack.com. Sway way tire buying should be.
0: Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything.
2: Thanks for listening to the Best of the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday from 3 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time. That's 12 to 3 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR.
4: (laughs) This is the best of the Doug Gottlieb show on Fox Sports Radio.
2: But tonight the o- the Oakland, the LA Chargers take on the Las Vegas Raiders. And it's a it's really weird for Los Angeles because the truth is that the Raiders are the most popular professional football team in Los Angeles and LA has two professional football teams neither of which are the Raiders. I I don't I haven't done an, any research recently. I can only tell you that whatever research is done in my mind and in my eyes and in my senses during my lifetime as somebody who spent I'm
5: 44 years
2: old 12 30 years in Southern California, the Raiders are the most popular team. And they're taking on the Chargers, who, if healthy, I think they're actually the most talented of the three teams. Raiders, Chargers, Rams. The Rams have been the most successful of the three teams in the last 20 years in terms of playoffs and, of course, the Super Bowl. But tonight, This is the biggest game since John Gruden hopped out of the booth. That's that's how big this is. I am not overselling the importance of this game because, well, it's on Fox. And Gottlieb got a memo. Got to talk about the game on Fox. Actually, nothing can be further from the truth. Nobody tells us what to talk about. Nobody tells us what's important. Heck, I could just as easily tell you about this newest, latest, most interesting uh, James Harden story. Or maybe we could get into more of this uh, palaver about the BCS or maybe get you ready for uh, the kickoff or the tip off of the NBA, including the Lakers taking on the Clippers next Tuesday. Like all of those things I could do. But tonight is the most important game. The Chargers are taking on the Raiders. This game is in Las Vegas. And the Raiders You know, they're seven and six on the year. And if we focus on the positives, they've beaten the Saints, they've beaten the Chiefs. They're taking on the Chargers, who are four and nine, and between Austin Eckler and Keenan Allen, we don't know who's going to play for the Chargers, who have very little other than personal accountability and maybe their head coach's job to play for. Meanwhile, the, the Raiders are saying all of the things that desperate teams say. We need to have a sense of urgency. This is a must win. And I, I, it doesn't mean that Gruden gets fired. A third year of a 10-year contract. But we will make a determination as to where this rebuild is based upon Chargers, Dolphins, Broncos. I've been a defender of the process. And, and look, even if they lost tonight and won their next two and nine and seven would look better than previous seasons. The problem is you got stomped by Atlanta, right? Because the other losses, you know, New England, it was early in the year. Other losses, Buffalo, Tampa, Kansas City, Indy, all playoff teams. They, they would look then, they would look similar at least to the Cowboys of last year, of course, you got to throw in the fact they beat Kansas City, New Orleans, something the Cowboys didn't do last year. But you beat the Chargers, you beat the Dolphins, you beat the Broncos, you end up 10 and 6 in, your, in his third season. All are very, very attainable wins because they've already had important players test positive for COVID. So uh, some of those guys are in the clear in the, in the weeks to come but you can't beat the chargers tonight, a team that has found ways to lose games far more than they found ways to win games with a rookie quarterback. And however important being at home is, I got to tell you, it's better than being on the road. The chargers are losers of five of the last seven games. Their only wins, um, their only wins this year. You wait for it. Cincinnati, Jacksonville Jets Atlanta. Literally they've only beaten the worst teams in the league. There is there are no excuses with a team that's not motivated, not healthy, starts a rookie quarterback playing on the road to not beat that team. I could go through, you know, Darren Waller's health or Josh Jacobs' health and you know what happens with Derek Carr if he doesn't have Josh? I could go through all that stuff, but you know what? None of it actually matters. I am the guy who stood up and said when they made the trade, trade the you know the best defensive end, outside linebacker in the NFL. When they traded Khalil Mack, I was the one guy who said, "Yeah, that makes sense." When Amari Cooper was was dealt, I said, that makes sense. But, and it doesn't mean that you have to deliver a Super Bowl in order to be along the right track in the process. What it does mean, though, is you need to win tonight. You know? You, you just you need to win tonight. This is a Charger team that was smoked by New England, handled by Buffalo. They're a disaster in special teams. Their young quarterback wasn't even expected to play this much. Their best defensive player hasn't played this season. They may shut down some of their star players for the future. If you can't win this game, well, it again, it doesn't mean that you're fired. He you already fired his defensive coordinator. It just means that they are not nearly they're not nearly as far along in the process as one would be led to believe. One should expect. And the Raiders have wanted everyone to to know and and feel. I don't think I'm overselling it to say this is the most important game, not just, you know, everybody said, Well, our next game is the most important game. For John Gruden, a standalone game on a Thursday night against a Charger team that no one thinks is a winning organization, whose coach is very likely to be fired, who found ways to lose games they should win, who haven't beaten a single playoff team this year. This is a must win game for for the Raiders. And realistically, they should win kind of going away. The the Pats throttled them. And didn't even, and now some of it was special teams disasters, but it's not like the Chargers have fixed their special teams in two weeks.
4: Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
0: Live Nation presents Concert Week.
2: They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. It doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TyRat.com/sports to see their Bridgestone test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews. Be sure to check out all the current special offers. Great tires at a great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TyRat.com/sports. TireRack.com.
3: The way tire buying should be.
2: I think James Harden, by and large, as a basketball player, I'm sure he's won way more games than he's lost, not just at Arizona State or Artesia High School, but but in the NBA with the Oklahoma City Thunder and then the Houston Rockets. He's won a lot of games. He just hadn't won the ones that they carve your name into a trophy about. Hadn't even only gotten to the finals once, that was with Oklahoma City. And what I'm about to read you is... our almost word for word, what I've shared with you about Harden. And it's from Sam Amick's article in The Athletic. Talked to a front office executive who said, quote, Harden is a terrific scorer, but not a champion. He isn't a two-way player, and he's hard to play uh, He's hard to play with. He's so used to getting his own way, I think there are concerns he can negatively attack, uh, affect a team's culture. Now, you compound this with the article that came out from Kevin McMahon yesterday or the day before on James Harden. And you start to realize that I've been painting you an accurate portrayal of who James Harden is. And we talk about this all the time in basketball. You are who your best player is. You are who your best player is. I mean, think about it. Who are the LA Lakers? Why did they win last year? Well, LeBron loves the pass and is committed to, as a defensive player and a leader, right? He's physical more than fluid. And that's who they are as a team. Look at the Golden State Warriors. You know, Steph Curry, I mean, he's not really a point guard. When they were successful, most all of their players were kind of not really point guards, but loved that he loves to pass loves to take the big shot, loves to move the basketball, plays with a tremendous amount of joy and fun and almost like he's out there messing around. That's that's how they play. That's who they are. You are who your best player is. James Harden is a terrific scorer. He is not committed to winning. And it's it's interesting, you know, there's, I thought Carmelo Anthony was one of these guys that was like that before Allen Iverson. Before that, the the one difference in James Harden is he's a very good passer and he will pass the basketball. But everything is off of him creating him. You know, it, this. I, I saw the quote where when he didn't have the ball, he just kind of stood there, sometimes barely crossing half court when Chris Paul was on the team. He's not dedicated in terms of his fitness. He's not dedicated in terms of his defense. He's not dedicated in terms of buying into other people handling the basketball, being successful. He's not big into getting there on time or, or taking care of himself. He's not a winner. All Doing all these things don't guarantee that you're going to win. What they do is they give you the best possible scenario, the, the best possible odds in winning. That's what it is. I, I completely agree. And the best thing you can call a basketball player to me or an athlete to me is he's a winner. And the worst thing you can say is somebody's really talented. When you say somebody's really talented and you don't say they're a winner, it only shows that you don't think they're getting what matters out of their talent. Doesn't mean he's not getting a lot out of his talent. And he's going to make a ton financially. And he's able to be really successful and score a ton of points. But none of it matters if you don't win games. And, you, and don't give me the MJ comparison. Like, that's dumb. Michael Jordan did like to play golf. He Did like to smoke cigars. He clearly likes to drink some of that brown stuff, right? Look at his glass every time in the last standing. But Michael Jordan was remarkable as a worker at his craft, his body, his game, at practice, played both ends, guarded the best player, competed, was a winner. Those things, those things that you do or you don't do. You do or you you, you make excuses. That's what you do. And You know, Sam Amick is saying, this is something that I've said for the three and a half years that I've been on Fox Sports Radio. Whenever we've talked about James Harden, we can pull tape after tape after tape. I am fully respectful of how talented he is, how he creates fouls, how he can shoot, how he can pass. His passing is totally underrated. But what cannot be understated is he ain't a winning player. There I mean, ain't anybody who convinced that actually matters otherwise. And if Daryl Morey thinks that this is good for their culture, the Philadelphia 76ers, well, then Daryl Morey is simply, that's thats the problem with analytics. It simply goes by the book and doesn't go by the things that we see, the things that we feel, and the things that have, uh, that emotionally affect other guys on the team. If you see your best player, your highest paid player, Late to meetings, no showing at practice, late to the team playing, going to Vegas, not playing defense. What's your level of personal buy-in? There will always be guys that go like, he does him, that's James, James does Dames, and I do me. But there's a lot of other guys that they will go with whichever way the wind is blowing.
4: Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific.
0: Live Nation presents Concert Week
2: Joe Banner joins us, former general manager of the National Football League. Uh what are your thoughts on the status of the uh, of the Raiders renewal?
5: First of all, I'm ready to meet you for that weekend in Vegas oh, just a- Sounds great, right? Eh? <laughs> Doesn't sound too bad. <laughs> yeah, you know, listen, I worked with John Gruden for a few years and um, you know what they're doing there is kind of what most of us with him would have expected. I mean, he's as bright an offensive mind as there is in football. Um and he's developed an offense and is playing you really well and you know their defense is struggling and maybe the overall talent isn't quite what it needs to be but um uh, they're, they're fun to watch and he's quite a character I can promise you that just same guy in person is what you're seeing in, in the Monday night booth when he was there and on the sideline now
2: no no look I I like the the Khalil Mack move I like the idea I everyone gets why you'd only take you'd only leave what was like a lifetime appointment uh to the Monday night football booth if you had a uh, if you get a 10-year deal, you can do it your way. You can rebuild it your way. They've really struggled on the defensive side. Firing Paul Gunther midseason, is that the right move? Is that is that a way to fix it in the short term?
5: Well, you know, I think if you're talking from a scheme perspective, it's really difficult to make a big difference at the moment. I think if you wanted to send the message in a very clear, emphatic way that what we're doing isn't working and we're going to change things up and we're going to hold everybody to the same high bar, uh, I can understand it. I was never somebody who favored firing coaches in the middle of the season. I just don't think it could make the difference you hope. But they were really heading south on defense, and and otherwise seemed to have things working fairly well. So I understand it. But I'm I'm usually very reluctant to make coaching changes in the season because of how limited what you can do is. Yeah,
2: I mean, it's really. I mean, you're like, not going to. You're basically going to call different plays, not that better plays, not worse plays. Call different plays. Uh, Joe Banner joining us, if. If, if if your pals in Philadelphia call you and say, Joe, how do we fix this Carson Wentz thing? What do you what do you do?
5: Well, I think the first thing you got to do is sit down with him and see what he's prepared to or willing to do because you know he's he's by all accounts a really nice guy, but very strong willed, and uh, you know anybody who's around strong willed people at times that's a little bit challenging. So. You know, I would be doing everything from bringing a sports psychologist. I'd be going, you know, through and really trying to break him down to build him back up. Almost like, you know, you're building a new house. I mean, we, I I was a fan of the pick. <clears throat> I have believed in him. And he was unrecognizable in what we've seen really this whole year, but especially the last half a dozen games. So I feel like you know what he can get back to. At least you think you know what he can get back to, and it's worth a lot of effort. So I would start when with my football coaches and and tape and starting from scratch I would bring in a sports psychologist as I said I'd try to set up an off season program for him that you know really rebuilt his his confidence I mean it's just I made an analogy recently I don't know if people think this carries any water but I remember remember the the fighter Ronda Rosie. and yeah. she was just just destroying people she yeah. was just
2: And then she got knocked out and she was never the same
5: never the same yeah. so you know, for me, that's the only thing that scares me about once. I wonder if something is just kind of sort of, for lack of a better word, broken a little bit. Because we don't see this often. Top-tier athletes that achieve greatness and then regress this dramatically. So I kind of thought of her analogy where, you know, she just looked like the Rock of Gibraltar and then she has one loss and all of a sudden she could never get it back together. I don't know if that's what's going to happen to him. But we certainly saw somebody that most of us would love to have as a quarterback of our team. Doug
2: Gottlieb's show here on Fox Sports Radio. Okay, so would you play him at all the rest of the season?
5: Well, I wouldn't now. I mean, for me, a week ago there was an argument. Should we try to leave him in and rebuild some of the football stuff while he's on the field, or should we sit down and just let him clear his head and, and look the next September? And at that point, to me, I was probably leaning towards leaving him in the lineup, not having any illusions that he was going to suddenly play well and we were going to win a bunch of games, but just focusing on his long-term development. But now that they've made the move, whatever consequences there are to him, you know, emotionally or building confidence-wise, um, you know, those are gone. So let him take a rest. Let's learn what Jalen Hurts brings and doesn't bring to the table. Let's see his teams get a little more used to what they're likely to do with him, how the defensive play him. So I've kind of changed my mind. I, I was in favor of, of sticking with him for, solely for the purposes of looking to next September, not... With any illusions about the immediate future, but now that Hertz went in and did a reasonably good job, I think I'd stick with that and just count on the off being when I'm going to work with Carson.
2: Uh, Joe Banner joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. We've we've seen um, we've seen Baker Mayfield play statistically exceptional football over the last three weeks, especially and really since OBJ went down with an injury. Now there, there's there's a lot more to it than just hey, Odell Beckham Jr.'s not there. They're better addition by subtraction. But there does appear to be a little bit of addition by subtraction. I don't know what the market's like for Odell Beckham Jr., but if you're the Browns, are you convinced that you're better without a very, very talented wide
5: receiver? Well, I don't know if I'm convinced, but I'm open-minded to getting the right offer and being willing to move him. Um, you know, you saw what I did at Philadelphia. I was a real purist on guys that, you know, know no high maintenance no guys that was going to worry about picking up the paper the next day and worrying about some article about him. not that that's what he is and so you know i probably wouldn't have brought him to begin with so i may not be the right person to ask but you know the shocking thing to me about baker is even for those who don't focus or believe in analytics the most basic stats tell you that when he's pressured he really really struggles and when he's not pressured he can really look good and yet We've seen teams, including last week of the Ravens, that tend to be quite aggressive defenses. And I don't know. It seems like out of fear of him running with the ball or getting beat deep for a play or some of the rollouts they run that are effective, they back off. And, uh, you know, I I think that over time, he's going to have to improve that or he won't look as good as he has here recently with or without, you know, Odell. I'm kind of mystified by the decisions strategically the coaches are making that are playing the Browns the last four or five weeks.
2: What would, you, what would you do differently?
5: Well, listen, I mean, I would certainly tell my defensive end, you've got to be very aware he's going to throw screen passes and they're going to start calling rollouts if they see us coming after him. And then I'd be throwing the house at him all the time. I mean, the Ravens did it the first game they played. The Steelers did it the first game we played. I forget, there was a the third team that did that. And everybody else has played him pretty straight. And in all three of the games that they really attacked him, he really struggled. So, you know, you see him come out in in soft defenses against some zones, usually with 4 men fronts that, you know, you you see sometimes they move linebackers so you're not sure are they coming or they dropping. You know, they don't even do that to him to try to create even a little mental confusion or, um, you know, uncertainty about what's going to happen once he snaps the ball in some of the games, including some very good defensive players. I mean, the Colts played him, and, you know, they lined up four in the front and three linebackers, you know, it seemed like every snap, and I literally don't think they blitzed once the whole game. That's it pretty smart defensive coordinator so he's two different guys now everybody is better when they are not pressured than when they are but his difference is much more dramatic than most teams so it's been kind of mystifying why teams are choosing to play defensively against them the way they have
2: Doug Gottlieb show on Fox Sports Radio that's the voice of Joe Banner former general manager longtime front office uh, executive in the National Football League kind enough to spend some time with us here on the Doug Gottlieb show on Fox Sports Radio okay let's uh, th- this, to me, d- demands your kind of expertise. Um, you look at the Cowboys, and I will grant you, you don't have Dak Prescott, you don't have your bookend tackles, you're not going to be the same football team. Uh, that said, there's been some times when there's just, doesn't seem like you have the right amount of effort. This is even after they, they cut some guys midseason in an effort to kind of uh, generate some, some momentum and some urgency. Jerry Jones came out early this week, and he said he hadn't even dreamt of the possibility of making a coaching change. Let me, let me start with coaching. Uh, what's your reaction to Jerry? And I know they just hired him. So it would be admitting their own mistake, but they're not even thinking about the possibility of, of getting rid of Mike McCarthy.
5: Yeah. And listen, I did What you said. And Jerry said, literally, I think that's crazy. I'm not saying I would fire him. I'm not saying I would make a change. Right, But, but you you at least really
2: think have to- you have to have the discussion, right? Is, is this yeah, the yeah, right I mean, path?
5: How can, you, how can you seriously not even be having that conversation or be feeling somewhat concerned? I mean, it's all human. You know, you, you've got to be saying, did we get it right? And by the way, if you think you got it right, Mike, then it's a totally reasonable question. Well, then, then Mike, how hire, the, hire the right people to work under him? I mean, we've for, more or less forced him to keep the offensive coordinator. He brought in a defensive coordinator that had his time, not sure it's now. You know, so if it's not Mike, did, did you know, his first and my mind most important responsibility is to hire and manage his coaching staff, did he, did we get the right head coach, but then he didn't make the right decision to the coaches because it's, you cannot watch that team, in my opinion, and not think coaching is contributing at a minimum to the problems that they're having and the way that they're playing. And we're seeing nothing that makes us think all of a sudden next September it's going to click, and that's going to be fine. At least I'm not seeing anything that would lead me to believe that's going to happen. I mean, they'll be better once these injured guys come back, but they're not going to be what they thought they could be uh, unless the coaching staff is part of uh, the improvement.
2: Well, they weren't winning when Dak was healthy. Right, yeah. I mean that's right. the, they weren't. They, it took them a miracle to beat Atlanta, who's one of the worst teams in the NFL. Okay, so if you're going to fix their personnel, what do you, what do you do? You got you got Dak on a franchise franchise deal, you got Ezekiel Elliott on a deal where he's he is not what he is being paid. You got Amari Cooper. Uh, you have some other Jalen Smith it doesn't seem to be able to run the way you would think a guy at that pay rate should be able to run. How do you how do you rebuild when you're the Cowboys, personnel-wise?
5: Yeah, well, listen. Obviously, I'm kind of eating the fact that I've probably overspent on offense, and I'm kind of out of whack. And I'm sitting here going, "Now, listen, I've got to just trust that's going to be good enough." Um, and I'm totally focused on my defense. I think that Prescott, they have to find a way to resign. I think for Zeke, they're at least committed for now. It's not that much longer before they can get out of that contract without a ton of consequences if that's what they decide. But at least for next year, I'm just saying, listen. I'm going to count on the offensive line getting healthy. Maybe I add a little depth in the middle of the draft just in case. Um, but I'm really focusing on defense. And, I, you know, Jalen Smith is not playing for his contract. Van Dash looks really good when he plays, but he hardly plays. And, you know, you go through the whole thing, that, that they probably only have two or three guys on that defense that you'd say are good enough to be on a really good defense. And if they're talking about playing winning the division and playing well into the playoffs, that defense is way, way, Far from getting to that point, and I do, by the way, think that coaching is part of that. But they're not even maximizing the talent they have now, and even with a great defensive coach, they don't have enough talent to win the way they're hoping to win there.
2: Yeah, no, I mean, it, what's interesting is Ron Rivera, and granted, it was helped by this year's draft. I mean, you draft an absolute star, um, but Ron Rivera has kind of quickly rebuilt that. That in terms of rebuild, obviously, they got to figure out quarterback. But their defensive front is one uh, that will keep them competitive in that division for year, years to come. Am I am, am am I wrong in in stating that so boldly in uh, in three quarters of one season with the Washington football team?
5: No, I don't think you are. And again, I worked with Ron and uh, was thought it was a great hire and expect him to do really well. And he is the great guy that everybody portrays him to be. Uh, but they're kind of like they were you know look in the mirror of the Cowboys. I mean, they have a defense that looks like it's pretty close to being able to compete and and win against really good teams. And an offense, in my mind, certainly starting with a quarterback but not ending with a quarterback, you know, they have a ways to go. So, you know, I think they need to really focus on that. And, you know, listen, I'll say probably not something many people would agree with at the moment, but I think that where I think the Cowboys have a bit of a challenge on the coaching defensively to just maximize the talent once they get it, um, I kind of feel a little bit the same way about the redskins it's, uh, I know it 's Scott Turner North 's son kind of sacrilegious to be critical, but sure. he's uh, you know he 's very very conservative and i don 't I don't see a lot of the things we're seeing some of the better offenses that are coming into play you know as part of their their offense and it wasn 't when they were in Carolina together either so you know, i 'm not sold they have the the solution to the coaching side of that equation there.
2: Hey, Joe, listen, I hope you have the very merriest of Christmas. Can't tell you how much we appreciate all the knowledge that you're able to give us and just incredible insight into things that we always wonder. Appreciate you being our guest on Fox Sports Radio.
5: My pleasure, Good being with you.
0: Live Nation presents Concert Week.